a brand new series this week. Um, it is called Bridges. Um, it's going to be a series I'm very excited about. I think it's going to be important as we begin the new year, um, because really what this series is going to be about is about c- overcoming some obstacles that I feel that, that uh, are, are in our lives as individuals and as a church that we want to uh, go through this year as we kind of begin the series. But before we really get into it, I'd like to pray, and then we'll jump right in. So Father, I need you right now to help me in, in so many ways. Father, I need you to help me spiritually to share what you want me to share. That, Father, that my words would stop and that yours would begin. And, Father, physically, I just need your help. Because my throat feels like it's, it's, it's not going to make it through and it's going to start doing that. And so, Father, I just need you to touch me and help me to communicate what you want me to communicate. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when we talk about bridges, we're going to talk about this every week in our series. We'll kind of start, and it's in your notes, and it's this. A bridge is constructed to overcome an obstacle in your path from where you are to your destination, okay? A bridge is put there. You know, people don't just put a bridge where a bridge isn't needed because bridges take work and time and design. You 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 don't want to go across a bridge that's not well designed because eventually that bridge is going to collapse. So they put bridges up to basically get you past something that's hindering you continuing on. Every week we're going to be talking about a different bridge. A different bridge I feel is important that we need to cross to get to where God wants us to be. Okay, As a church, as individuals, and so on and so forth. And today we're going to be talking about the bridge of high calling. The high calling bridge. We're going to be starting in Philippians 3. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Philippians 3, 12. Uh, it's going to be up there on the screen if you, if you don't have it. And so we're going to start here. It's going to be kind of our text, and we're going to move into uh, this understanding of the bridge of high calling. And this is what it says in Philippians 3, 12. It says, I don't mean to say, as Paul is speaking here, that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Okay? We're not there yet. Okay, we're still on this journey, we're still crossing bridges, we're still moving in our journey with Christ, and we're not perfect, we're still letting God form us and make us and do things in our lives, which is cool, okay? But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past... And looking forward to what lies ahead. And now in verse 14. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. In the King James Version, in in chapter uh, 3 verse 14, it says this. I want you to look at this. It says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, one thing that we need to understand as we move into this is every one of us has a high calling in our life. Every single one. There is not anyone who has ever been born or you, there, there is no one who can say, you know what, I, I, I haven't been, God hasn't called me to greatness. God hasn't called me to do something amazing with his help. All of us have that. Now, here's what I cannot tell you this morning. I can't tell you what that is. Okay? Does everybody understand that? I can't, I, I wish I could. I wish I could walk up to you and say, this is what God is calling you to do. Okay? I can't do that. 
Okay, and I found sometimes, now I know none of us would do this, okay, so, so this is for everybody else that maybe would be listening online or other things like that. I know none of us would ever do this, but we need to understand something that, that we sometimes can get in trouble because we expect other people in our lives to identify what the calling in our life is, okay? Now, I believe that God can confirm those callings through others, but I believe that God wants to speak to you personally about your high calling, which means this. If you're waiting for me or your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife or whoever, your kids, whoever, to come to you and say, you know, I believe God's calling you to this, you are going to be waiting for a long time. And what's more detrimental is you are going to miss what God is calling you to do, okay? So we have to start with that premise. All of us are called here. We are called to press towards that mark, that prize of the high calling of God. We all have it. We have to figure out what it is, okay? And so how we do that, hey, listen, one of the great ways that we learn to do that is through prayer and fasting. Hey, guess what we're going to be doing for the next 21 days and about a week from now, okay? So, so we need to figure out what these things are. But I want to help you with some things that I have found in my life and in other people's lives that I've talked to that seem to be fairly common, okay? And so these are things that as you look at your high calling, as you discover your high calling, I want to give you four thoughts this morning about the high calling of God. Okay, and so what you can do is you can take these, you can get these in your notes, you can look at these things, and you can remember these things as you look at this and as you move forward and as you cross this bridge. These are things to remember. So this morning, what I want to do is I'm going to give you four thoughts about this high calling bridge. Okay, four thoughts that that seem to be universal in understanding this. Okay, so number one is this: number one, your high calling is part of a divine plan. It's part of a divine plan. Look at, look at Psalms 139. We know this. We've seen this verse before. It says this. You made, all thing, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And now in verse 15. For I know the... No, did we have 15 on there? Did I not get them on there? Is that on there? Okay, hold on. Let me, let me do the old-fashioned way. I must not have given those to Linda. Boy, you got to hate onion pages, don't you? There we go. 139. I should have had one of you guys read it. You'd have been there quicker than me. Turn. There we go. It says, For you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Listen, listen. God has a plan. God has a divine plan that works with you and the calling and the giftings and the things that God has placed in you, 
Okay? God has a wonderful plan. It's a divine plan. It's a God plan. It's an amazing plan. It's not a plan that has faults or problems. It's a plan of perfection. Look at Jeremiah. We've heard this so many times. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Listen, you need to understand this. This is something that we really need to get. You have a divine plan orchestrated by God, and God wants you to get in with his plan. Okay? Not, not God get with my plan, God get with my thing, God do what I want you to do, but to, to acquiesce to God's plan for our lives. Because listen, listen, hear me here. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be honest. Your plan isn't very good. It just isn't. I have never met a human being who's had great plans. I, I, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. We'll, we'll get there. But, but the plans of man can't be good because plans of man can't see far enough to know what's coming. You could have the greatest plan in your mind right now. You could say, I am going to do this. And then something could happen before you even got there that would make that plan silly and worthless and not worth anything. But God's plans are perfect because God knows what's coming. God knows what he's doing. God knows that the calling he has on your life is a calling that is going to make a major impact on me and lots of people's lives because he can see all the puzzle pieces. He can see how it all works together. And that's awesome, guys. That's, that's not a negative. That's not a, oh, man, I wish my plan was good. No, that's accepting and embracing the divine plan that God has for us. Number two. Number two, God has a high calling bridge and the enemy also has a bridge. I think this is important that we talk about this other side of the coin. Okay, Because a lot of times when we come to church, we hear about God's plan. We hear about God's bridge and we don't always hear about the fact that, you know what? The enemy has a bridge too. The enemy has a bridge too. And we can figure out very simply a little bit about that bridge by looking at John 10.10. It says this. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. When you look at the bridge of high calling, the calling that God desires for your life, it is a life of richness and satisfaction and purpose and goodness and perfection and all these things. The enemy's bridge is opposite of that. Okay? Think about that. If you want to know what the enemy's bridge for you is, think about what God's bridge for you is and know that the enemy wants the opposite. Okay? He wants the opposite. And so you need to understand, you're going to cross a bridge. It depends on which bridge you're going to cross. Look at Matthew 7. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14, it says this. You can either enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Okay? The highway to hell is broad and the gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. See, look, two roads, two gates, but you're going to go over one or the other. Two bridges. Okay? 
And one we see described as being hard and narrow, and the other is easy and wide. We've talked about this before. And here's the thing. When it comes to these bridges, we need to be able to identify which is which. We need to be able to identify which is which. And here's one thing that I found, okay? And it's in your notes. Crossing the high calling bridge that God has laid out for you hardly ever comes at a convenient time in your life. It hardly ever comes in a moment where you're like, oh, this is just so nice and so perfect and so convenient. You ever think about that? Why? Because, you know what, in my life, the, the, the road that, that the enemy lays out seems to always come at a really convenient time. It always seems to be like, oh, well, this is great. This is nice. This is, oh, this is, well, here's the thing you need to understand, okay? And this is something that we can illustrate in real life but also in a spiritual life. Now, most of you know this. I, some of you don't. I mountain bike because I'm crazy. Because, you know, that's what I do to, to kind of to, to relieve stress and to, to, to not have a heart attack and all that sort of stuff. Now, when I'm out mountain biking, there are basically three types of trails in mountain biking. Are you ready? There's flat, there's uphill, and there's downhill. Now, I'm being, you know, there's a lot more than that. But in my world, there's flat, there's uphill, and there's downhill. Now, if I'm totally honest with you, the best trails are the ones that are slightly downhill and flat. Those are the most fun. Those are, those are the ones you kind of go around and you're going fast and it's great and the wind blowing and you're, you know, this is great. And, and, but you know what? Eventually, you, uh, on the trails that I usually ride, there is an uphill climb. And that uphill climb, for some strange reason, isn't nearly as much fun. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm climbing, and I'm climbing, and uh, and you just got you're getting tired, and you're breathing heavier, and you're just it's you're starting to sweat, and it's just it's just harder. Listen, you need to understand something, okay? God's road is calling you upward. That's why it's uphill. That's why it's harder. That's why it's more difficult. God is calling us up to something greater in Him. The enemy is calling us downward. He's calling us to something easier, but something that will definitely cost us. Because here's the thing. Here's what's amazing. I am not going to be healthy if all I do is ride my mountain bike downhill. I will not be able, my heart won't get, my heart rate won't get up. I won't burn calories. I won't do the things that I need to have happen in my body to keep me healthy if all I'm doing is riding downhill. God has called us to climb. God has called us to go up. And you know what? Sometimes that is difficult. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that, yeah, there'll be times, thankfully, that we'll climb with God. And then there'll be some, some flatter patches. There'll be some, some, some windier roads. But sometimes God is calling us up to something that is going to be more difficult. And it's going to be something that is harder. His path, even though it's narrow, even though it's hard, is good where the enemies isn't. Look at Proverbs 14.12. In Proverbs 14.12, we were just kind of talking about this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in its end is the way to death. It leads to death. Listen, no matter how nice or convenient sometimes that enemy's road is... The destination is always the same. It's death. 
It's death. And, and here's the thing. A lot of times we look at this, this death thing and we think of death as in, you know, uh, hell and separation from God. But you know what? I also want to look at it this way. I found a lot of Christians who walk the easy road and spiritually speaking, it, it, it ends in their death. There's a lot of people that walk around with, with the badge of Christian. But spiritually speaking, they're dead. They were these people during Jesus' time. They were Pharisees. They were were other people. And Jesus looked at them and said, look, you, you clean the outside of the cup, but inside... There's bones, there's death, there's, 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 there's rotting. There isn't what I want for you. And so we have to always be understanding which, which one we're on because there's, there, there is a bridge of both the enemy and God. Next, and this is important, especially in our world today, your high calling is not about pursuing a high profile. Your high calling is not about pursuing a high profile. Look at Luke 9. In Luke 9, 48, it says this, whoever is the least among you is the greatest. Okay? We live in a culture, in a world that is all about me and all about focusing the attention on me and wanting people to see me. We are in a me-saturated culture. And the thing is, our calling isn't about glorifying and making me known. It's about making Jesus known. Do you get that? Do you understand that? Because listen, if, if you're doing what you want to do so everybody can say, oh, wow, what a great singer, or wow, what a great drummer, or wow, what a great pastor. Listen, that is not what God is calling you to do. That is not what God is asking you to do. He is calling you to make a difference for him not, and make his name great, not make your name great. And that's sometimes hard for us. We like that attention. Look at Matthew 6. In Matthew 6, 4, it says this, uh, So that your deeds of charity may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Listen, we we don't keep secrets very well anymore, do we? We have have multiple ways to make sure everybody knows what's going on in our life. And so we have this, this, we we, we literally, I think it's it's ingrained in us, and I've seen it as a youth pastor. I I, I saw it kind of begin to form and grow in in that generation. And and I thought at first it was like, oh, this is just just that generation. And then I watched parents begin to do it. And and now as those kids that, that that were kids when I was a youth pastor, now they have kids of their own and, and it's just kind of growing and growing. It's this, this, this hunger, this desire for the spotlight. It's this desire. It's, 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 I want you to know what I'm eating, where I'm eating, how I'm eating. I want you to know what this is and what's going on and where I'm at and, 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 and how I'm doing this and what I like to drink and what, what I like to do. And, and, and it's, just, it's just this saturation of spotlight on me. And the problem is, is that instead of craving the spotlight, we need to be the spotlight. Do you understand? Instead of craving that, we need to be. 
be that. Look at Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It says this. It says, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Now, let's stop there, okay? Because let's be honest, whether it's, it's manufactured or true or not, we do really, really well at sometimes this. Okay? We do really well of letting things shine out for all to see. The problem is, is this verse doesn't stop here. Why are we to do that? We're to do that so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Listen, you'll never hear me, and if, you, if, you, if, you, if I'm saying this in the wrong way, I need to change how I'm saying it. I'm not saying social media is bad. What an amazing tool to show everyone how great our Father is in heaven. That's what I mean when I say, listen, it's time to stop craving the spotlight and turn ourselves into a spotlight and express the amazing awesomeness of our God. What an awesome opportunity. What a great way to say, hey, listen, it's not so much important what I had for dinner or where I went for dinner. But hey, look how God is using me to make a difference in the lives of people. Look what Jesus is doing in our world and in my life and in our culture. Last week we had a a testimony Sunday. Why did we do that? Not so that you could get up and say, look at me, look what God did in me, but so that we can understand what God did through you and so that we could praise our father in heaven because of what he is doing your high calling isn't about everybody watching you and seeing you it's about understanding and helping people understand how awesome jesus is and the last one the last one your high calling comes with a high price Now, you guys know me pretty well. I try to give you the whole story, even sometimes the parts that maybe are a little tough. But your high calling comes with a price, okay? And you need to understand that. It comes with a price. And here's the thing I found. And this, this is very, I think it's very true in a lot of different areas in, 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 in when it comes to the church and other areas. And it's quite simply this. People want to do great things. They just don't want to pay a great price. People want to do great things. But they don't want to pay a great price. They, 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 maybe this is a good way to do it. Put it this way. They want to be a millionaire. But they don't want to fight and scratch and do all the things and suffer to get there. What they want to do is go to the grocery store and get a card with numbers on it. And have those numbers come out of a machine. We want great things. We want to do great things for God. But you realize to do great things, that's going to come at a great price. If this church and this body of believers is going to fulfill the calling, the high calling that God has for us, it is going to cost us something. If God and you are going to accomplish the great things that God wants to, it will cost you something. If I didn't tell you that and wasn't honest, I wouldn't be be loving. 
It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It's going to be discipline. It's going to be prayer. It's going to be fasting. It's going to be giving. It's going to be serving. It is going to cost you something to accomplish the high calling that God has called you to. It just is. Look at Luke 23, 9. It says this. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. What's Jesus saying here? What's Jesus trying to get us to understand? He's saying, listen, this is going to cost you something. You're going to have to give up your way. You're going to have to be willing to pick up your cross, not weekly, not, 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 not at Christmas and Easter, but daily pick it up and carry it. That's heavy. That's work. That's not easy. That's a job. That's, but, but listen, listen, that's a part of what God's called us to do. And he will help us and he'll walk with us and he'll be with us. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's going to cost you now. Okay? Here's the thing. We talked about this earlier. We talked about um, the difference between the enemy's bridge and path and, and God's bridge and path. And here's something you need to understand about those bridges. God's path, God's bridge is going to cost you something now. It is. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you talents. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you servanthood. It's going to cost your, your fast. It's going to cost you something. But what's awesome about that, it's going to cost you now, but it's going to be so worth it later. So worth it later. The enemy's plan is different. The enemy's plan, the enemy's path is it doesn't cost you anything now. It doesn't cost you a thing now. It's easy. It's downhill. You can just coast. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be involved in anything. You can just kind of just sit there and just, you know, but you know what? It'll cost you a lot later. It'll cost you a lot later. Listen, let's, as as individuals, as a church, let's make a decision that says, you know, I get it. My high calling is going to cost me something, but it's going to be worth it. I'm going to pay a little bit now for something amazing later. Whether it be, not, and I'm not just talking about the end of everything. I'm talking about souls being saved. I'm talking about marriages being put back together. I'm talking about relationships being fixed and healed. I'm talking about, about, about sickness being, being healed by the power of God. Those are some amazing things that sometimes it'll cost us. Listen, listen you need to understand something. And you, you can think a lot about, about, about who I am as a pastor or whatever. But you know what? It cost me something to, to follow this path. I've talked about this. I had my dreams and my plans and my desires and what I wanted to do. And God said, no, I want you to follow my path. And I had to let some things die. Some things that were important to me to follow the high calling that God's placed on my life. And I'm not special and I'm not great because I did that. I was just obedient. And that's what sometimes God is asking us to do is to follow that. To be obedient. But it's going to cost you. You need to understand that. Look at Philippians 2. In Philippians 2, 3 through 9, we're going to close with this. Okay? So if the worship team wants to come on up, we're going to close with this. It says this. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. 
Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and he was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Verse number 10. That the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now listen. Why did I end with this? Because Jesus had a high calling too. We, we've just celebrated Christmas. We now have a couple months... And it's going to go fast, which is amazing to me. And we're going to be celebrating Easter. Jesus had a high calling on his life. And that high calling was hard and difficult. Listen, I don't think sometimes we truly understand how, how humbling it must have been for the God of all creation to be born as a baby. And not, and we've talked about this before, not some baby that was coming out of the womb speaking Latin. A baby who needed his mother's milk to survive. Okay? Do I need to be any more clear than that? As far as absolute humbleness. He needed Mary to survive. The God, excuse me, (coughs) that spoke the very world into existence. He humbled himself. It cost him a lot to be born, to live a sinless life, and to die. But you know what? At the end, at the end, God elevated him to the name above all other names. He followed his high calling. And listen, folks, it changed everything. And you go, well, yeah, but that's, but that's Jesus. That's, you, you, Jesus himself said, we're going to do greater things than he did. Hey, can I ask you a simple question? In my life, too, for all of us, where are the greater things that Jesus talked about us doing? Where are they? Why, why and I'll just speak for me. I'm, I won't even speak for you. In my life, Aaron, why, why isn't the greater things there? Am I not, maybe I'm not following my calling. Maybe I'm not doing the things I need to be doing because Jesus promised us this. And I believe that his word is true. And I believe that if we as individuals and we as a church cross that bridge of high calling, that God is going to do some amazing things in us and through us. I believe it. But see, I think that there's some some rivers at times in our lives. And we we don't know how to cross them. We don't know how to get to those individuals. We know we we need to share Christ. We know we need to make a difference. We know we need to do A, B, C, and D. But sometimes it's hard to get there. 
But listen, what I want you to understand is you're called. You have been called by God to do amazing things. Listen, maybe for you that's working with kids. Maybe for you that's, that's, that's ministering to people in your workplace. Maybe for you it's, it's working with teenagers or it's working with, with, with older people that are shut in, who can't get out. I don't know what your calling is. I just know that you have one. And I know that God wants to reveal that to you. And I know that he wants to help you cross that bridge to accomplish the amazing things that he has for you. Okay? So, so here's what we're going to do. I, can we just do me a favor? Can you just close your eyes? Let's, let's focus for a second. Because I think that this needs to kind of be brought together and kind of finished up. Because I think there's, a, there's several different types of people, okay? Number one, okay? There's the people here that, that, that honestly, they don't know what their calling is. And listen, if that's, if that's you, that's okay. Okay? That's all right. But, but, but now we need, to, we need to figure out what that is. We need to pray, we need to fast, we need to look in God's word, we need to allow him to help us to see that. Now listen, you go, I remember I talked about this earlier, I can't tell you what that is, but listen, if you need help, I can sit with you and pray with you and look at things with you and, and we can walk through that together. You don't have to do this alone. I can't tell you what it is, but I can definitely walk through that. So if, if you need that, you come talk to me, okay? Now maybe you don't need me to help you with that, that's okay too. But you need to figure out what that is, okay? That's the first, that's the first, if that's you, okay? Number two, it's people that know what it is, but refuse to do it because they're not willing to pay the price. You know what God's called you to do. You know that God's called you to, to, to do certain things or, or to, to go on a missions trip or to, to work with that, with that kid or, 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 or mentor that individual. I don't know. You know what God's called you to do, but you're not doing it. Okay? You're not doing it. Look, if that's you, it, 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 it's, it's, it's okay. Let's repent though, okay? Let's go to our Father and say, you know what, Jesus? I know you've called me to something great. And I've let fear or I've let, I've let different things or different reasons or excuses or, or whatever keep me. But you know what, Jesus? I'm going to stop and I'm going to move that direction. And listen, if you need help in that area, come talk to me, okay? Come talk to me. We'll look at it together. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But, but listen, what, what, what you can't do, what you can't do is be like the guy who buried his talent in the ground, okay? It's time, and it's a perfect time. It's a brand new year to say, you know what, God? I am going to start moving in that direction. And then the third is for those people that are doing those things. They are working in that high calling. And to them, I would say, awesome. I just want to encourage you. I know sometimes it's hard. I know sometimes you get tired. I know sometimes you feel like it's not changing anything and it's not doing anything. But you know what? It's making a difference. Be encouraged this morning. Okay? Be encouraged this morning. God's still got it. He's got a divine plan. You're working in his plan. And just sometimes it takes some time. Okay? But don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Don't, 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 don't give up from the hope that you have because God's plans are perfect and they're good. 
So no matter where you're at, whether you're number one and you don't even know, you're number two, you know, but you're not doing it, or three, you're in the process of it, but it's hard. God's got you, and God loves you, and God wants to use you to do amazing things for his kingdom. Amazing things. So that when we come back, possibly the last Sunday in 2020, and we talk about those things and we begin to share those testimonies, that there will be so many, there will be so many exciting things about what God has done. We won't have time for it. And I believe that as we move into this year, that that is what God wants to do. God wants it to be a year of redemption. He wants it to be a year where we begin to see some of those things begin to take, not just take root, but begin to grow and begin to see some of that fruit begin to sprout out of the last couple of years and the things that God has been doing. I believe that, but I also believe that if we're gonna see that to the extent that God wants it to be, there's gonna have to be some individuals that are willing to walk across that high calling bridge and begin to operate in the giftings and the calling that God has for them. But I believe if we will, we'll see amazing things. So I want to pray for you, no matter where you're at, and then we're going to have a time real quick of closing song. Father, we love you and we thank you. And God, you're so good. And God, no matter where we are on this journey, whether we're at number one, number two, number three, you love us. You have a plan for us. You want to equip us to accomplish exactly what you want us to do. Father, you will never ask us to do what we cannot do without with, with your help. And so you will equip us. You will help us. You will do what is necessary. But God, we've got to get off the side sidelines. We've got to stop making excuses and we've got to start walking across that bridge, getting past that, that, that river that has blocked us in and begin to operate in the giftings and the callings of the high that you've asked us to do. And God, you'll help us. So Father, for those that don't know, God, I pray supernatural revelation. That, Father, I pray that you would begin to show them and that they would begin to hear that and begin to walk in it. Father, for those that already know but are not walking in it, that, Father, today they would make a commitment to you to begin to walk in that calling again, to stop with the excuses and stop with the reasons why it can't or won't and start moving in it. And, God, for those that are, God, that you would encourage them, that you'd build them up, that you you just just like with wings of eagles, you know what I mean? Just power and strength to accomplish the amazing mission that you called them to. And that, Father, through all of us, no matter where we are, that, God, you would wrap your arms of love around us, hold us close, and that we would know that we're going to cross this bridge as individuals, we're going to cross it as a church family, and we're going to see you do amazing things. And we're excited about all you're going to do in us and through us when we walk this bridge. We love you and we